0: Welcome to Building Texas, with Justin McKenzie and Summer Bobberak. Sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Doss Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie.
1: Welcome to Building Texas, my name's Justin McKenzie, and we are excited to learn more today about Hill Country Daily Bread, the story, and one of the founders of Hill Country Daily Bread is joining us. Agnes Hubbard is here, and it's going to be a great conversation about the regional impact and work that we're doing here in Bernie and Kendall County, but really spreading across the region. I hope you'll stick with us, learn about Hill Country Daily Bread, all the services that we have to offer here in the region, and the ministry that you're really serving. Agnes, thank you for joining us today. How would people know you? Would they recognize you walking through town?
0: (laughs) I don't know about that, but that's a fun question. We've been here a a while now and call Bernie our home and love it here, love this whole Hill Country community and want to make a real impact for good in the area and bring faith to people and faith through Jesus Christ. And we're real serious about it.
1: I've had the pleasure of attending several of your galas over the past few years and really seeing the community come out and support Hill Country Daily Bread in that event. But I also understand and through church and other service organizations, we've helped volunteer in your warehouse and it's an impressive warehouse. You've moved a lot of products through there. Can we talk about really the, what is it that Hill Country Daily Bread is doing in the Big Red Barn? And how is that making an impact across seven counties?
0: We started out with the idea that people who need help need basic things like food and diapers and clothing, but that's not all they need. And to really leave crisis and poverty, we know from personal experience that people make the difference and relationships and a relationship with Christ where you've got empowerment to to do the hard things, to walk away from hard things sometimes that you need to do in those situations. And so we blended those things together along with a partnership with the church, the local church. I've heard it say the hope of the world and we really do believe that. So we really look at ourselves more like a toolbox where we can provide training and we can equip people to serve their communities, starting with partnerships with churches where we go in and we provide curriculum and we train them to create sustainable mentoring programs where we match people in the community up with the support of a case manager with mentors out of a program in a church, and then those mentors deliver product to the person's home, create a community, support, they have the support of a church, and become friends. And they're also working a program with case managers. So a triangle of care, but it really does transform not only the client, but the mentor and the church, and so we have churches in five counties doing that, and we also have a no-fee food bank for nonprofits, and we support, we've got about 125 nonprofits registered with us, and through those two programs, we'll distribute mm, close to $6 million worth of product a year.
1: That's impressive because that's a lot of volume to push through any organization, but what I understand you saying is you're pushing it through an organization to other churches or nonprofits that then serve their communities more locally.
0: The church end of it is a real partnership. Once we train them, we stick with them. So we become, I guess we do life together, so to speak, and we have mentor specialists, and they get trained and they get supported. They have a core, what we call a core team, leadership team within the church, but we do it together from then on. But the nonprofits can come and shop there and they put in their orders and then we sort and make that all ready for them. We just know that the multiplier effect, where you leverage relationships, because we could never have enough on our own to hit all of the people. The mentoring program alone will mentoring and emergency care boxes this year will probably hit a thousand families. And through the food bank and combined, will impact about 70,000 people in the seven and eight region, county region.
1: It's a good reminder to me that we live in a a very privileged community in many ways, but it doesn't take a lot to look and see poverty in our community as well. You just have to know where to look in a lot of ways. And I talk about the school district statistics often where Comfort ISD, there's a lot of kids that are looking for food security quite often, if not daily. And when we think about how we build workforces, how we build a region, what I hear you saying is you're not just supporting people with food and their next meal. You're really giving them an opportunity to partner with local mentors, local influence, local opportunity to lift themselves out of that poverty situation or out of that season of life that they may be in, but giving them hope that they can progress and and make strides forward. That's a huge part of how we see everybody in our community and how we include everybody in our community. So I'm really appreciative of the mission that you are fulfilling. here.
0: I think it's really important to realize that people that walk through the door, there's all kinds. It's The guy that lost his job a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, but he has training and and to the person that's three and four generations in poverty and can't see a way out because everybody around them that they're related to are in the same boat. And we did a study a few years ago and questionnaire and 85% of the people responded that they think they'll always need assistance. And that is another way of saying hopelessness and really... When you've been in persistent poverty, you start to change the way you think about yourself and you start to think of your identity as a poor person or a person that's always in trouble or need. That's not the way God sees us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made with a purpose. And beyond the physical lack, there's this mental picture that you have to fight against when you start working case management and goals and things like that because you really have to get a person to believe they can leave that before they really have the courage to do it because they really, for a long time, don't think they can believe it. So a mentor to me is someone who believes for you before you believe in yourself. And it's so powerful Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Miracles happen. I've seen them. We're 23 years old this year. In fact, last month we turned 23 years old and we've seen thousands and thousands of people. And it's so amazing to to look at something that might look impossible to change. But when Jesus walks through the door with a mentor, all bets are off and just amazing things start to happen.
1: Speaking of amazing things, let's go back 23 years ago. How did Hill Country Daily Bread or the idea of Hill Country Daily Bread become a reality? And then where did you start? And we all know where you are today with the big red barn, a very nice facility and Lots of impact, but that's 23 years of work.
0: It was um, really my husband's brainchild. He was he was meeting with a lot of Christian men, and they were all in ministry. And 23 years ago, Bernie was very different, and we didn't have a lot of support uh, agencies and things like that. Still lack a lot of that. And he just said, honey, one day we need to do something about that and a friend of his called him up one day. I remember exactly where I was standing. I was standing in our kitchen. We were adopting kids, and it was not a great time of life for us. We were horribly in debt. Parents had just died. It was like, if you're looking for the perfect time to do something, there's no perfect time. And he was offering a, some guy had called him and said, hey, do you guys want an eight by 10 cooler and start that ministry? And eight by 10 ladies and gentlemen is the size of a small bedroom. And we didn't even have a garage in our house. And I'm like, like he's telling me this across the kitchen. And I remember just standing there. He says, Hey, honey, and he put his hand over the phone. Do you think we should do that? That was the length of the conversation. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be the one that says no. And I just heard in my ear, almost like the Lord saying, say yes. And we did and had no idea how we were going to pull that off. We were terribly in debt at the time. And so it just fast-forward. A week went by, two weeks went by. A friend, the new, I never can remember the name, on Old San Antonio Road, the new Mexican restaurant there. El Chaparral. El Chaparral. There's that little brown shed off to the side. My friend actually owned that house. She got wind of it and said, Hey, I heard you want to start something. Why don't you use my little shed? I said, are you kidding? She was an interior decorator. We're going to have trucks and stuff. And, oh, no, God told me to do it. So it had been two weeks. So we said, okay, Seth, go ahead and call that guy back. And the guy says, you know what? I've changed my mind. I don't want to give you the 8x10 cooler. I'm here in Bernie, Texas, and I wanted to go to Bernie, Texas because my friend lived in San Antonio. And it was around the corner from the little brown shed. So we moved it, It, that was the first miracle. And so we had a place, rent free, and our congregation, it was St. Mark's Presbyterian at the time, raised $5,000 and the following week, a $5,000 truck rolls into Seth's parking lot and the guy says, hey, I wanna sell this truck for $5,000. Big old Penske truck. So we had a place and a truck and Seth helped us. see daily bread ministries in San Antonio. Get some food and we got on with Operation Blessing eventually. And then we they were selling the house and we the year later were like we still had no money. And I saw that on in the newspaper, a warehouse on Industrial Drive for rent for $995 a month, that sounded like a million dollars. A group, little group got together and said, okay, we support you and we'll pay the rent for six months. And we've never looked back.
1: That's incredible. And we're gonna dive deeper into that story after the break. My name's Justin McKenzie. You're listening to Building Texas on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. We're here with Agnes Hubbard, and after the break, we're going to dive deeper into the work and the history of Hill Country Daily Bread. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Dos Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dosgreenhouse.org, or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. Welcome back to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie. I'm sitting here with Agnes Hubbard, the executive director and co-founder of Hill Country Daily Bread. Before the break, we were hearing the history of Hill Country Daily Bread, and I loved the Little Brown Shed, and that it still stands today where El Chaparral is in Bernie. Industrial Drive's right down the road. Now your campus is out on Cascade Caverns Road, just right around the corner, but I want to go back to... It was a series of miracles. It was a series of people leaning in, supporting your decision. We, in the first half of the show, we talked a lot about mentors and people coming around you. And we see that in the entrepreneurial cycle to the startup, business startup. And before the show, you and I were having a conversation around in town. We talk about businesses a lot. We talk about buildings. We talk about the real estate that you drive through Main Street and see. But we want to go back to the unseen. We want to go back beyond Kendall County. I think you look at Bandera, Kerr, Kimball. I'm sure the seven that you, you cover in the Hill Country are, are what we think of, Kerrville, Fredericksburg, Bandera, Lakey.
0: And go down 46 now. We've got a church out there we just onboarded. And we do go into San Antonio some. Okay, uh, Oak Hills is a big partner. And we're partnering with Mission City, new church out there. And, but this that whole area is also drought resource because it's mostly commerce and there's no agencies or if you're in dire need, it's not somewhere you can go to get food or anything like that. So we tend to look at commerce and say, oh, this is affluence, and we don't look at anything else beyond that for when you get into trouble or your grandmother gets into trouble. Where are you gonna go? And so we have people that travel an hour to come and get food
1: and help. You you used the phrase drought resource. Help me understand what that phrase means and how do I put it in context?
0: When you think about it, there's no bus system. And so if you're a little old lady out in comfort area along the highway and you have to go, you have cancer or whatever, how are you going to get anywhere? So we've got some smaller nonprofits in those areas that, that struggle each month to just do their services and So we provide them, that's why we do have a no-fee food bank to nonprofits, because we want to be able to stretch their budgets so they can do their important work, whether they're a free clinic or a little food pantry or whatever, we want to be able to do that. So the lack of just basic things like transportation and clinics and things like that, a lot of those nonprofits are overloaded and have waiting lists. Uh, people or waiting times to get resources. So, you know, community makes a difference. And a lot of times when you are in need, you become very isolated and you don't have support systems around you.
1: I think it's an excellent point. We see it in the entrepreneurial community. Again, the isolation of working at home and especially through the pandemic and through job loss and job insecurity, the last few years have been a different type of mental load on people. With DOS Greenhouse, we've seen a lot of people show up just saying, hey, this is great. I just want to be around people when I'm working. How how can I get involved? I suspect you have a similar example or experience around volunteers coming to you, but then also people reaching out. But reaching out to a decision that people have to come to. And the pridefulness, particularly of Texans in our region, how, how do we help overcome that and make it okay, make it accepted, make it, hey, please, we want to help because I know that's your heart. There's no one that you want to, you would turn away. How do people get in touch with you when they're in that moment? And how do you help them make that decision to raise their hand?
0: We are seeing record numbers this year. And I think that in a weird way, COVID broke that stigma because everybody was in trouble and it didn't matter. We had people that were living in Fair Oaks that came in and were upside down lost their jobs. And in a weird way, that kind of, I think that kind of helped. It also helped churches realize, in a a sense, they didn't know their neighbors beyond their churches. And we have seen a a big influx of churches interested in doing more than just a handout of food. And we're just loving that because we've prayed 23 years for that, that churches would stop just looking at material-based outreach and go to relationship-based outreach. And we had to do things during the pandemic, like food lines and things like that, and drive through, load up. But beyond that, there was a real interest and a groundswell for the church community to start to know their neighbor 500 yards from their church. And so we, it's very easy, just give us a call or go on our website And we also, part of the training for churches is, how do you make your church accessible? Uh, A lot of times I'll look at a pastor and say, if I was a single mom with five kids and I pulled up in your parking lot, which door would I go in? Because there's no signs saying, if you need help, come here. And just changing that paradigm over to an accessible church. Some of the large churches might have 15 different doors and There's not a person sitting there. Intentionality is the key here. Looking at that person as a prospective member of your church and not a poor person needing a rent payment. It's a whole mind shift. And that's part of our training. Our training takes about 20 weeks before they can be a partner and go into homes and have those kind of relationships.
1: At the last gala, there was a story, and I love when you bring people that have been impacted into the story because it does make it human it makes it accessible you can see your neighbor you see your friend that's up there the story really was they were coming in looking for a job but then you converted it into hey we're gonna help you and support you through this transition and make you job ready so I want to understand beyond the food services the case manager and the work that you do to really help someone build that confidence, get out of the hopelessness and see a future. How would somebody expect that to feel or look on day one when they walked in the door?
0: There's two ways that you can be served when you come to Hill Country Daily Bread. Many people just walk in and they just need food or they just want food and then they walk out, no strings attached. And then we'll see them again come a couple more times and we'll talk to them about joining the mentoring program. And that pro- if they decide to do, that's about an hour-long interview with a case manager. And during that time, we're looking for those underlying issues that have caused them to be there in the first place. And then we talk about what it means to set goals, short-term and long-term goals. Because remember, they feel, most of the time, they feel like a failure. They feel it's not, good things don't happen to me. And so having a short-term goal to get a quick win is really important. And then after they get all registered and we have a feel of where they are, we help them by creating an action plan that they're gonna work through with the case manager and with their mentor and with the team leader for mentors that's on the core team. And so it really becomes a sort of triangle of care. And we have you have to be careful not to have quick expectations of things for somebody who might have been in poverty for two generations. So it's very different from somebody who's looking for a job and has had jobs before and just needs a little bit of a push or a care for that other than that person who is really doesn't see a way out. And this is a whole different mentoring process because you middle-class people want instant results. Yeah. And we get burned out. It's just hurry up and be like me. And God is laughing because we're not so great either. And we're there to be their mentor because he wants to change us. And we do a lot of that kind of training with the mentors.
1: The immediate gratification. It, <laughs> yes. It's nice to mow your grass and see what you did. Exactly. In, in some cases, we're working fields that we will
0: maybe never see That's some right. results. God says you water and sometimes you don't get to see that. But really, it's looking for those different kind of wins. Because when somebody decides that they are worth something, that they may start praying, they may stop believing, those are the kinds of things that make huge shifts. And your middle class people, we tend to look at, oh, he got a job and it makes a dollar more an hour. That's the win. No, the win is that he even looked for that job. The win is he had the courage to say, I've always wanted to be X, but I never had the courage to think I could do that. And so it's switching to a relationship based mentoring program where you're looking at the discipleship of the person and the change in how they look at themselves and the world. That's where you stuck it. That's why throwing money at it in America doesn't work.
1: You're absolutely right. And, but you are throwing money at it in a lot of ways. What you do is not inexpensive. No, that's true. Operationally, but, but it's not just money, it's that much more. in the love and caring of the mission really shows up and allows people the invitation to come in. Yeah,
0: it's a loving loving experience, and there's not judgment there. If you ask people what it feels like to walk in there, and I, I can't even tell you, unsolicited people come up. It just feels like love when I walk in the door.
1: How can people get involved? Where are you looking for people across the region? If you're in Lakey or Bandera, how can we all get involved and help support?
0: There's lots of ways. We also have we also have an at-risk mentoring program for kids, at-risk kids. Currently, that's a Bernie s- school system, but it's going to be expanded. Of course, we always need funding. We have increased dramatically. Per- people that need help over. S- we're never going back to the pre-COVID days. And for instance, in the family mentoring program. I would have had about 700 and this year we're going to hit a thousand in that same program. So money, volunteerism, we love volunteers. You can come with your business and do team building. We have lots of large groups come. We recently had all of Champions teachers. We had 130 teachers there and we can put everybody to work at the same time. So building community is important. We should hit about 5,000 volunteers this year and we from kids to people on oxygen. So there's something for everybody. There's professional services that we love being able to get those in kind. People come in and do stuff that's really meaningful. There's things in the office to do. If you're a church and you're not a part of our program yet, we'd love to talk to you. We'll put you on a training program. You'll go see a field trip of other churches that are doing it. And it's really successful and it's sustainable. I think that's a big thing for churches. It just when the passionate person goes away, the whole thing doesn't fall apart. Those things are great. And sponsoring, come to the gala. Come talk to us about. March 2nd is when we have our next, what we call our vision dinner. And we have Peter Furler, who's the founder of the Newsboys. He'll be singing. We do a concert as well as testimonies. So all kinds of ways. There Really, there's something for everybody.
1: And what would your website be if somebody wanted to go and learn more, maybe it's somebody listening to us on the East Coast or the West Coast and says, wow, I wish my community was doing this. How would they find you?
0: Just hillcountrydailybread.com and you can see us and give me a call. we would love to talk to you. We do have uh, people out of state coming and seeing how it's done, where all of, doesn't matter denominationally, work across denominational lines, work across socioeconomic lines and we all come together and that's really where it's at. We love that.
1: I wanna make a call to our employers in the region to say that's the best way to make these services visible is have your team go in there and volunteer. You're gonna get the volunteering hours, you're gonna get the camaraderie of the team, but there's probably somebody on your team that could look at this and say, wow, I know how I can help somebody and, and help open the door for a great conversation and a hopeful future. Uh, because of the work that you all have been doing now for 23 years. Agnes Hubbard, thank you for the way you are building Texas, and thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me. This
1: is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dosgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse.
0: Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's story time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie
1: Radio.